are actually in a series called Signs. Signs, and we're looking at the different miracles of Jesus. So we're going over the different miracles that Jesus performed that we see in the Gospels, um, and each week we are tackling um, a separate miracle. So if you haven't been here for the past two weeks, this is week three, um, don't worry, you're not gonna like be behind. These are standalone um, weeks with miracles, but I would recommend going back um, onto our website. We have all of our messages there that you can watch or you can listen. I highly recommend it. Uh, week one was a great launch to our series. Uh, we focused on um, the first miracle that Jesus performed um, when turning water into wine at the wedding. Um, and then last week, uh, Dave spoke um, an amazing message on the officer's son and all about how the officer's, uh, Jesus healed the officer's son uh, without the officer even seeing it. He didn't see the miracle. Uh, his son was back at home and he believed without seeing. And Dave touched on how important and how encouraging and how um, awesome that was that he was able to believe without seeing and uh, today, uh, we're gonna pick up um, and another one, um, but the verse that we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, this kind of sets up the whole series. This talks about uh, why we're talking about signs, why we're talking about these miracles, and how it applies to us. Um, and in John, um, he kind of explains this. So in John chapter 20, verse 31, it sets up this whole reason for even talking about this in the first place. It says in John 20, verse 31, it says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And today we're gonna to look at um, the third miracle that we're gonna go over in this story. And um, you can find this miracle in Matthew. Um, the, the one we're gonna be going over is Matthew 14, starting in verse um, 22. And I don't know about you, but in, in my Bible, at the top of like all the different sections, it has these little headings on there. Anyone see that? Uh, the heading on the top of mine is Jesus walks on water. Um, spoiler alert, that's the miracle. Jesus walks on water. Um, I'm okay with spoilers, but uh, some people don't like them. Um, show of hands, who here actually, who plays Wordle? Does anyone play Wordle? Really popular right now? Okay, Wordle, awesome. Well, spoiler alert, this is the word for the day uh, right here behind me. So that's that. Um, some of you that, those of you who play Wordle, if you've done your word for the day, you're like, okay, I'm glad I did it. That's really funny. The rest of you are gonna wonder for the rest of this message, did he really just put the word up on the screen? So in verse 22, we jump into this miracle, this amazing miracle of Jesus walking on the water. And so in verse 22, it says this. It says, as soon as the meal was finished. So what we're doing is we're coming out of one miracle that we'll touch on um, in a couple weeks here. But pretty much Jesus, the disciples, and a whole lot of people had this huge, big meal. And Jesus, um, after they finish it all, Jesus starts sending all the people away. And this is where we pick up the story. It says this, it says, as soon as the meal was finished, he insisted, he, Jesus, insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he was dismissing the people. The crowd, as the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. 
They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them, saying, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, okay, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus, but when he looked down at the waves turning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached out, he grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? Then the two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down and the disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. This is it. You are God's son for sure. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for everyone that's here today. Thank you for everyone that is here in the room everyone that's joined us online and everyone who will be watching or listening to this um, afterwards. I pray that um, we would be able to see your miracles. We would be able to read of these miracles that Jesus performed and would help us grow closer to you, Jesus. Help us grow closer to you and help us have a better understanding. I pray that the words that I speak today are not of me are not from me, but they're from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever been on just like an amazing road trip? Anyone, does anyone like to road trip? Anyone? Some people are road trippers. Some people are like, eh, I'm not driving. If it's past three hours, I'm just gonna fly there. Uh, me personally, I love road trips. I love taking road trips. Uh, my wife and I, we will drive anywhere. If we can get there like in a day, we'll, we'll drive there. If it's like stretching out, then I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen, we're gonna have to fly or something. But we love to drive. We've driven everywhere. Um, we've been married for 10 years and we've been all over the Midwest. We've been uh, to Florida. Um, and one of our favorite trips though that we do, uh, we've done this a few times now, is driving down to Texas. So my wife uh, was born and grew up in Texas uh, and she still has some family there. So we like to go back whenever we can, whenever we get a chance uh, to go to Texas and visit them. And uh, they, they live in Austin, Texas. So we love Austin, we love the city. So anytime that we can get a road trip, we do. We jump in, we take off, we drive to Texas, it's awesome. And one that I remember was probably one of my favorite road trips that we ever took. It was the last time we went to Texas. This was a few years ago. And it was right around this time of year, uh, which is perfect to go to Texas because as you felt walking in, it's like 30 some degrees still. Uh, and in Texas, it's like 75, 80 and sunny. Uh, so not to rub it in or anything, but it was great. So a few years ago, we're driving down to Texas and it was the best road trip. We didn't have like an exact like time we had to check in somewhere. We were staying with family so we could just take our time. We got to stop different places. We'd get out, walk around, relax a little bit, get snacks, things like that. It was awesome. We drove all the way down and because we weren't in a hurry, we decided to stop in Tulsa. We stopped there, you know, stayed the night there, hung out, had some dinner, it was great. And then woke up you know, early the next morning, headed off, started going, started on our trip and headed down to Texas. We got there that next day, it was 75 and sunny, just like we hoped. 
We got to hang out all week with family. We got to swim at different pools, things like that. I know it's a luxury. It was great. It was the most amazing time. Austin has the best food. I love food. Uh, it has amazing food. It has amazing tacos. There's like taco trucks just on every single corner with the best tacos you can ever think of. We actually got to eat dinner at this one restaurant. They had this really cool court, courtyard out back. And we got to eat dinner with Elijah Wood. Literally, Elijah, like Frodo Baggins himself. We ate dinner with Frodo. It was a great time. We hung out for about a week and then we headed home. Same drive, took our time, got back, got back here, felt great. It was about a week, end of it. Best trip, best thing I can remember. But that's not exactly how it went because it wasn't just my wife and I, uh, we have two kids. And at the time, we had uh, one kid, uh, my son Rowan, he was two years old, and my wife was eight months pregnant. So we're on this trip, and like I said, everything's true, we, we took our time, and we made a lot of stops. But it wasn't just for fun, it was to change diapers or to clean puke off the back seat, or my wife's feet were really swollen, so she needed to walk around and stretch her back for a little bit, because she was eight months pregnant. But Nevertheless, we did it. We did stop in Tulsa. We stayed uh, in the parking lot of a Marriott because there were no rooms for us, so we slept in the car for a few hours. I know, it sounds like a, like a Mary and Joseph story, but it's true. <laughs> so we sleep in the parking lot. We end up getting to Austin. It was a great time. We ate some amazing food. We did go to the most amazing restaurant with Elijah Wood. But from this picture, as you can see, uh, amazing restaurant. We're right here, this is Caitlin, big belly. And uh, Elijah Wood, you can see, was at the table next to us. Um, so we didn't necessarily eat with him, we ate next to him. And Rowan, my little son, he was running around playing uh, and he ran by and like, and like he's running by and he's playing with these little like girls that are around there and Elijah Wood like waves to him, he's like, hey buddy. And he just looks at him, just completely ignores him, starts walking. My wife was mortified. She was like, are you kidding me? Do you know who that is? That's Frodo Baggins. So while the trip was definitely a little harder and a little messier, adding in a two-year-old and an eight-month pregnant wife, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It was still so much fun. And having them there, having my son, having that time made it so much more enjoyable. And this passage that we are reading today, Peter was not needed for this miracle. Peter was not needed for the miracle, but I love that they write in here and they tell us about Peter's involvement in the miracle because it makes us relate to it. It makes us understand. It makes us see you know, more into the story. It makes us believe. It makes us see that. I love it. I love Peter's involvement in the story because there's a lot of things I think we can learn from Peter. And the first thing I think we can learn from Peter is that he followed the basics. He followed the basics. He didn't know exactly what to do, obviously. He just followed the basics. Jesus comes walking on water and Peter out of nowhere interrupts Jesus's miracle to ask to be a part of it. We pick up in verse 28, it says right here, it says, Peter, suddenly bold, because he's afraid before and now suddenly bold, 
He says, master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, okay, come ahead. And jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. I don't think Peter knew exactly what was going on. I definitely know Peter didn't have all the answers, and this was probably not a very thought through thing, but he knew that Jesus was there and he knew the basics that all he had to do was see Jesus and follow what Jesus was doing. He had to follow what Jesus was doing. And and I think so often we get so mixed up in all these different things that we forget the basics of just following Jesus and at the smallest detail of that, at the most basic level of what it means like, what it means to follow Jesus is to love people. As I said, I love food. I love eating at restaurants. We love, uh, my wife and I, we go around with different friends. We love to try different restaurants. Uh, the past couple of years have been rough for us because we haven't been able to try much. But in the past you know, four or five months, things are starting to open back up. We are able to go back to some of our favorite restaurants that we always used to eat at. We're able to try uh, some new restaurants, try some new things. Um, so we've been going all over the place. We've been trying. Um, we're having to slow down a little bit now uh, because my stomach and my bank account. Uh, but we love to eat out. It's so much fun. And uh, there was something that I've been noticing over the past few months. And I've been, I've been, I didn't notice it, you know, a lot right at the beginning, you know, maybe here and there. But as I started going to more and more restaurants, I started seeing signs pop up. I started seeing these signs, maybe they were in kind of like the waiting area before you get your table. Maybe they were, uh, some of them were by like the bathroom area, by the kitchen. Some places even have these little signs that go on every single table. And you've probably seen these, um, but they all read something pretty similar. And one of them I saw um, at, you know, the high class Italian restaurant around here, Avani's. And I saw this one, I took a picture of it. It says this, it says, due to staffing shortages, please be patient with the staff that chose to come to work today. They chose to show up to serve you. I'm gonna read that again. Due to staffing shortages, please be patient with the staff that chose to come to work today. They chose to show up to serve you. And I read this and I was like, do we really need to post this common sense knowledge to everybody for everybody to see? Is this like, like, okay, I get in New York, people are like pushy and people are rude and whatever. If you're from New York, I'm sorry. But around here, this area, we have to post these things that just remind people of the basics. Like, do not yell at your 19-year-old waitress because she showed up to serve you and she's doing her best. And, and I read these things and then I go into the real world and I go into to life or I go into social media, even worse. That's the first issue, don't even go on there. And I see friends and I see other people and I see Christians and people who call themselves Christ followers that are just arguing back and forth. 
and they're fighting on every single issue that we could ever think of. You got people that are on the left side politically talking about how Trump's a total idiot and he's dumb and he can't do anything right. And then you got people that are on the left side or people on the right side that have let's go Brandon bumper stickers on the back of their truck. And this sounds funny. And I too have fallen into these discussions and going back and forth, but all of it's wrong. None of it is the basics of loving people. And if we could get down to the basics of just following Jesus at the core of following Jesus, step one, before anything else comes along, is loving people. We can discuss and we can argue back and forth all these like, you know, hot button tickets, human rights, war, immigration, mandates, the list goes on and on, but we have to focus on the basics. We have to focus first on just following Jesus and just loving people. Peter did not get caught up in all the details that he could have. He just saw Jesus and said, I wanna follow him. In verse 30, we pick up, it says, jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves turning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and began to sink. He cried out, master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. Reaching out, grabbed his hand, and then he said, faint heart, what got into you? See, Peter made this miracle way messier than it needed to be. Think about it. Peter made this miracle way messier than it needed to be. This is just a one, two step miracle, right? There's a storm, the guys are on a boat. Jesus sees it, Jesus walks on water, Jesus jumps in the boat, storm stops, end of story. Amazing, right? 10 out of 10, would recommend. Great story. And then Peter, like I said before, jumps into this miracle and makes it way messier. Peter just makes it messy. And the thing with following Jesus that I think holds a lot of us back is that we are afraid to get a little messy. We are afraid that we don't know all of the answers. We don't know everything that's happening. We don't, well, the Bible, I don't know exactly how to read it. I don't know what all these big words are. I don't, well, what about this issue? What about that? What if I look funny? What if I tell people that I'm a Christ follower and they think I'm weird? I'm sure Peter had so many questions. At least I would have. You know, it says right here, Peter just asks Jesus out of nowhere. He gets courage and says, hey, Jesus, uh, can, I, can I come out there with you? Now, if I was Peter, what I would have hoped Jesus would say was like, no. I'm like, it's okay, Peter. It's the thought that counts. You go ahead and stay there in the boat. Don't worry about it. Thank you for your faith. Well done, rock. Right? But no, he says, sure, come along. I'm sure Peter's like, well, I guess we're doing this. I would have asked more questions. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so you just want me to walk out there? Just, just walk right to you? Okay, yeah. And uh, 
Jesus, just in case, when I get out there, like, are we gonna hold hands? Like, can I give you a hug? Is that gonna like break the surface tension? Like make us both fall? Like, what's, like are we allowed to touch while we're out there? What about my, what, what about my sandals, Jesus? I'm afraid my sandals are gonna fall off. Jesus, you know we have a big day tomorrow. I need that sandal. Oh my gosh. Matthew, Matthew, here, hold my sandals. I'm about to go talk to Jesus. No. I would have been stepping over the side, taking, you know, sitting on the edge. No, it says Peter jumping out of the boat followed Jesus and began to walk. He just went for it. He walked to Jesus. And then as we read, he gets scared and he begins to sink. And Jesus pulls him out of the water and gets him back to shore, gets him back to the boat. We pick up here in verse 32. It says, the two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down and the disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, roasted Peter for being so dumb and sinking into, no, that's not what they said. That's what I would think. Like, okay, just picture this. You and 11 of your best friends are on a boat and Jesus comes walking up and you decide to jump out and walk over to see Jesus. And somehow along the way, you and Jesus end up back in the boat. Jesus completely dry, Peter soaking wet. I'm like, whoa, Peter. Hmm, it's kind of dark, but uh, what happened there? What happened there? What's, hey, Peter, here's your sandals back. Good thing you left those in the boat, right? Good thing your name means rock because you sure, sure sunk like one, right? I would have been just going at Peter. I mean, this is funny, right? Nobody seems to care. It says, the disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. Peter's failure did not diminish the miracle for anyone involved. Peter's failure did not diminish the miracle. There's a couple ways that you could look at this. You could look at this as Peter tried to walk on water, wasn't very good at it, sunk. Jesus had to save him. Or you can look at it as Peter walked on water for the second longest of any other human being in history. He walked on water. There were 11 other people in that boat that had the chance to walk on water. No one else has ever been given that chance. Peter jumped at it and his failure didn't matter. His failure did not diminish the miracle. This miracle isn't any less important because Peter started to doubt and Peter started to sink because at the end, the disciples watching the whole thing, they worship Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. Peter jumps back in the boat with Jesus and there is no discussion of towels. It doesn't say Peter hurried and dried off really quick, had a, had a spare you know, hair dryer. To, he probably had long hair frizzing all over the place. It doesn't say he had a change of clothes that he jumped and he changed. 
Didn't say the disciples were like, all right, Peter, you, you kind of do your thing and we're gonna talk to Jesus because he just came walking. No, they all started worshiping Jesus. And Peter, soaking wet, gets in the boat with the other disciples and begins to praise and worship God while he was soaking wet. He worshiped God in the middle of his failure. And I think we get held back so many times coming to God with our, our feelings, with our prayers, with our worship, with our singing, with whatever, with our life. Because we're afraid to fail. We're afraid that our failure that we have done in the past or that we are currently in or that we know that we will most likely go into in the future, we feel like our failure will hold us back from relationship with Jesus. And we learn from Peter that his failure had nothing to do with the miracle. It did not diminish the miracle at all. And I'm encouraged by that because I think we need to get a little better at worshiping while we're wet. Worshiping while we are soaking. And I think that's hard because, you know, we want to come to Jesus. We want to come to God with everything taken care of and everything just nice and clean and ready to go. And we also want the people around us that are Christ followers to be nice and clean and dry when they come to worship. We got people that are all over here right now, a bunch of dripping wet people, and Jesus just wants a relationship with us. We've got people serving here on a Sunday morning. We've got damp door greeters. We've got wet worship leaders. We've got soaking, dripping preachers. But God does not care about our failure. It does not change his miracle. He just wants to have a relationship with us. We have to learn how to worship through our failure and worship while we're wet. See, Peter's miracle didn't change anything. Peter's failure didn't change anything in the miracle. It happened. The people experiencing it, the disciples there that night, and us today being able to read this passage and be able to learn from it can learn from Peter. And making it a little bit messy doesn't matter. Peter knew that if he could follow the basics of saying, that is Jesus, and I wanna follow him, and I wanna do what he does, he had it all covered. He didn't have to know all the answers. He just had to know, I want to follow him. In a couple, or next week, this would have been a great week to do baptisms. We're gonna have baptisms right over here. Would have been a great week. We didn't plan out, that out very well. So it's next week. But that gives you today to sign up. Baptism is a sign of saying, I believe and want to follow Jesus. I believe in him. I wanna take that next step and I wanna show the people around me that I follow Jesus. And if you've never made that decision, you can make that decision today. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't know all the things. I don't know the exact right thing to say or the right prayer. I just wanna follow you, Jesus.
And if you've never made that step to get baptized, I wanna encourage you, you can sign up today. Next week, like, we, like I said, we have baptism week. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite services of the year. I love it. And you don't have to be perfect to get baptized. You don't have to know all the answers to get baptized. You can be a failure and get baptized. And you can be a failure to follow Jesus. You can be a failure and you can be wet and dripping and soaking and still follow God because your mess does not ruin the miracle. You can jump in. You can bring your mess to God. We just have to be willing to take that step, to focus on God, and to get the basics down. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that we have the opportunity to read these stories. Thank you that we have the pleasure to see these miracles and to learn from them. Thank you that we get to see the amazing miracles that you, Jesus, did. Thank you for the people involved. Thank you that we get to see these interactions. And thank you, most of all, that we don't have to be perfect to come to you. We don't have to be perfect to worship you. We just have to follow the basics. We just have to follow you, Jesus. I pray for everyone here, if they haven't made that commitment, if they've never made that, that they make that today. And if they haven't been baptized, that they would take that little extra step and jump into that. Because you don't care about our failure. You don't care about our mess. You just want a relationship with us. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.